Hello, Commissioner Segment. Can we touch your mic, please? Nope, I still Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the regular board briefing for the um, Multnomah County Board of Commissioners. Commissioner Stegman is attending virtually today, and Commissioner Myron is excused. Audience members, I want to start by asking you to please silence your electronic devices. Today's meeting is a hybrid board meeting. Some presenters and guests will appear in person, and some will appear virtually. For those presenting virtually, please mute your mic when not speaking. And when presenting, make sure to unmute your mic and turn on your camera. For all presenters, please state your name for the record before speaking or responding to questions. Today's briefing is on the Library Capital Bond Program, and I would love to welcome the presenters up to the dais to start this exciting presentation. Rock and roll. Good morning. Good morning, Chair Vega-Peterson, commissioners, nice to see you all. I am Valey Elke, Director of Library, she, her pronouns. And I think I'll let my colleagues introduce themselves when it comes time for them to speak. Uh, because I always get everyone's title wrong. So I'm trying to save myself some embarrassment. Uh, Thank you for having us here today. This is another of our quarterly updates on the bond program for you all. We have some exciting, exciting stuff to share. There is so much going on. Um, next slide, please. Just a quick review of the agenda, and I want to uh, note uh, number eight there. We, you know, in each of these presentations, we do a sort of a highlight of some topic in particular. And in this presentation, we're going to take a look ahead for all the projects that are um, going to be underway in 2024, which is a lot. Um, so we'll get to that in a few minutes. Next slide, please. And uh, a land acknowledgement that I will read. We honor the indigenous people whose traditional and ancestral homelands are now called Multnomah County. Quote, the Portland metro area rests on traditional village sites of the Multnomah, Wasco, Cowlitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas, bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia River, creating communities and summer encampments to harvest and use the plentiful natural resources of the area, end quote. And that's from the Portland Indian Leaders Roundtable 2018. We acknowledge the ancestors of this place and recognize that we are here because of the sacrifices forced upon them. In remembering these communities, we honor their legacy, their lives, and their descendants. Next slide, please. The library uh, recently launched a new strategic plan, and I want to pull out two of the goals in that plan as they're particularly relevant to the bond programs. The first is creating um, welcoming spaces that reflect our diverse and multicultural community, and we've talked a lot about our community engagement efforts and ensuring that we're um, taking in the, the priorities and the, and the um, culture represented by the people who are using those buildings. 
And then the other goal is collaborate with communities to create flexible buildings and spaces that can adapt to the changes in community needs and hopes. And I think you'll definitely see that demonstrated in these new spaces, lots of flexibility uh, and, and for good reason. Next slide, and I'm gonna hand it over to Mike. Thank you, Bailey, and good morning, Madam morning. Chair and Commissioners. Uh, for the record, my name is Mike Day. I'm the Capital Bond Program Director, uh, overseeing the uh, portfolio of all of our projects. So I will be updating you really at the portfolio level this morning before we go into our 2024 look ahead and some of the highlights that we're going to share with you. So let's start with uh, our overall project sequencing. Uh, this has been recently updated, but really reflects no uh, significant changes to the overall portfolio. What we do want to highlight, of course, is and celebrate uh, that we've opened the operations center now. It's fully functioning. We had a recent uh, open house and media event, and we'll share more about that as we go through our spotlight for highlighting 2024. In addition, uh, in 2024, uh, with our chapter, chapter one projects, Midland, Holgate, and North Portland will be uh, opening this summer and fall. So we're looking forward to seeing those projects transition from construction uh, into being open to the public once again. And then lastly, uh, just highlighting our uh, chapter three projects that are currently in design and planning. Uh, Belmont, Northwest, and St. John's. Those projects uh, are in the detailed design phase. We'll be going through permitting uh, this spring and summer uh, with the hope that all those projects will be breaking ground in uh, late summer, early fall of this year. Uh, and then one, one thing I do want to highlight too is last week we celebrated a, a major milestone on the East County Library. Uh, we finished all the mass excavation uh, the deep soil mixing and we've now started the superstructure and we had a concrete pour last Wednesday and it was 750 cubic yards of concrete for the major structural frame of that building. So we'll be seeing that coming up out of the ground. That's now a, a big hole in the ground, uh, but we're very excited to see that project and over the next two years we'll have uh, many updates to share with you uh, as that project goes through its evolution. Okay, uh, moving on to the next slide, let's talk about the overall budget here. So the overall bond budget continues to uh, incrementally grow as we accrue uh, interest income or as outside funds continue to come into the project. Our contingency funds are holding well in terms of what's uh, uncommitted uh, with approximately 15% 15 15 uh, contingency on unspent funds. So that's a metric that we track. And then we continue to receive uh, energy trust incentives from the Energy Trust of Oregon. So beginning this fiscal year, we realized that uh, the project uh, projects would be receiving external funding in the forms of grants, donations, and other funding sources. So we budgeted that revenue and budgeted our expenses to match that assumed revenue. And that's reflected now with the ETO credits that are now posting as revenue. Just as a, a reminder too, that these are restricted funds, meaning that they really are only used for library uh, bond work. We continue to work very closely with library leadership, with our executive sponsors, uh, strategically to consider how to mo best move funds within the overall bond program budget uh, so that as we need to increase or adjust budgets within the project budgets that we do that responsibly to do the most good for the long-term investment for the community. Moving on to the next slide. So what's changed since last quarter? Uh, we want to continue to highlight those shifts and adjustments. Uh, I'll just start with St. John's and Belmont. Those projects both are in the design phase. Uh, this summer and fall, we went through our kind of program validation phase and schematic design approval process, uh, which we essentially go through a validation in terms of budget, uh, aligning that budget and adjusting that budget as appropriate. Uh, with the overall program. Each of those projects received an additional, um, with executive sponsor approval, additional 1.75 to $1.77 million. Those funds came either out of the bond premium reserve 
or from a transfer of funds within the operations budget uh, project savings. Now the East County Library is a little bit different. Um, over the last 14 months with the East County Library, uh, we've been going through the, the detailed design process uh, and really developing the overall program. So this is a, an additional infusion of uh, $9 million approximately of outside funding and internal transfers uh, from the Operations Center Contingency Savings. This uh, specifically was to address overall project estimated costs, the refinement of the design, program and scope development, including but not limited to really developing the details of the interior design, the auditorium space, specialty learning spaces, the recording studio, our bird-friendly glazing requirements, uh, the addition of a rooftop terrace, other unforeseen site conditions that we encountered this fall with the mass excavation and deep soil mixing, and then finally, uh, overall, with the mass timber and structural requirements for the project. I would, before we move on, I would add that we will be coming back to you in the next two months with our, we're in the GMP, Guaranteed Maximum Price Negotiation Phase with Fortis Construction. So we will be coming back with our FAC 1 approval process uh, for the Guaranteed Maximum Price. Moving to the next slide, which really gives you the overall budget summary on a project line item basis. And really, again, here the transfers that are reflected in this are the operations center transfers to other projects, which include uh, the approved increases for the East County Library, for Belmont, and for St. John's. Now there's more detail in the appendix that we won't be going through today, but the project appendix uh, information does have more detail uh, at the project budget level on each of these projects. Let's uh, move on now to the next slide. As we continue uh, our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, this is a very important and nuanced process uh, and the inclusion uh, from our last briefing and update on the robust community engagement, our partnerships with our CMGC partners, with our professional services providers uh, for both design and construction. Now let's take a look at uh, the specific metrics so we keep track of the data, the data points both on the professional services side as well as um, for the CMGC services. As we move to the next slide, I can share a snapshot of the professional services. That's a fairly static graphic, so we won't be seeing uh, much changing on that, but this is really great news in terms of that overall participation uh, with our uh, design and consulting service providers. Next slide. Here with uh, the CMGC portfolio, this is really at the portfolio level and it aggregates all of our active construction projects as well as the recently completed operations center uh, project, tracking very well at over 32% uh, and then also broken down and disaggregated for your information. What's not included here today is the East County Library, which is in GMP negotiations. So as we uh, move through that process and get that under contract, that will all shift into and update uh, this portfolio. Belmont, Northwest, and St. John's, of course, will be coming up later in the fall as we report on those uh, once they're under GMP. And then with the refresh projects, as those uh, smaller projects uh, are completed, uh, that data is updated into this overall graphic. With that said, I'm gonna transition to Katie O'Dell from <coughs> Communications. All right, good morning, uh, I'm Katie O'Dell. I'm the Deputy Director of the Library Capital Bond Program. Um, so we have had a lot of media coverage uh, since we last talked to you. We had great coverage of Gregory Heights, our first refresh project reopening. It was covered in the uh, Montevilla News, Portland Monthly, KATU, and the Little Saigon News, which is a Vietnamese language publication. Uh, we also opened up the Library Operations Center 
uh, that had a great media event. We are so lucky it didn't snow that morning or we would have lost everyone to Sylvan Hill. Uh, instead, they all came out to see our operation center open. We had KGW, KATU, uh, and the Portland Tribune. Uh, we also uh, collaborated with uh, the Regional Arts and Culture Council to announce really exciting new artists working on the glass art for North Portland's uh, Black Cultural Center. That's Sade Dubois, who's going to be hosting uh, two community workshops to gather input on the artwork. And if you sort of followed the rabbit trail on Sade's uh, social media, people were so excited. Um, it was just really fun to follow. So now I'm following every rack announcement because then you just see the artist and their family and friends and the excitement um, for the individual as well as um, for our future libraries. It's really quite fun. Uh, we also have coming up um, Fairview's, clo Fairview's closure on January 19th was also widely shared um, in the scanner as well as in the Gresh Gresham Outlook. Um, and Capitol Hill's uh, recent reopening was also widely shared. We worked with uh, St. John's newspapers, uh, the North Peninsula Review and the St. John's Review to highlight uh, two January design workshops that we did for that library's project. And there was great flexibility when the library was closed due to the snow and the ice. Um, and the newspapers both helped us get the word out for a rescheduled workshop. And we had over 50 attendees at both, which we were thrilled for. Um, and then uh, the, the opening of the Operations Center, uh, as you can see on the, the lower right-hand picture, um, is the story of the building dock. We, we haven't found a better name yet, but we're going to be creating this story about every single one of our projects. And it's really going to be useful on a, for a myriad of ways, whether it's, I know we toured many library systems getting ready for this event, and now we anticipate and have already had many different library systems calling for us, but also just other people interested in architecture and, and even distribution services. So um, you can look forward to having these. I think we should publish it as a book in and of itself to be very meta librarian. Plugging that yeah. like every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but useful for tours as well. And just so in 10 years we can say, what the heck did we do again around that building? And, um, you know, XYZ, whatever sort of details we have. So we'll have those um, available. Uh, yeah. And so one of our, our features for the bond project. All right. Next slide. Okay, and let's talk just a little bit about community engagement as well. Um, with phase one, most of our engagement, you know, is now really focused on getting ready for the buildings to open. So we've had construction tours with our community design advocates. Those are our paid community members who've been along with us since the very beginning, doing their own grassroots organizing, um, their own focus, uh, focus groups and conversations, really having big impact on design, as well as the staff at those locations for Holgate and Midling getting a chance to get inside and see what their new workspaces are going to be like. And then for phase two at East County, we've also continued along some real specific um, community engagement with focus groups with um, two of our partner organizations. We had a really good turnout for our accessibility survey, over 1,500 qualitative comments that the design team read through, coded, themed, organized um, to inform design discussion. And now we're having follow-up accessibility focus groups to really validate those themes. Um, and impact design again. And then just around the corner, we're gonna have a large, hopefully widespread public vote on the teen space schemes, really what the color vibe is gonna be like, but not just to do the vote, but to also get some images out there of what this new space is gonna be like and what some of the features are gonna be like for teens. So a lot of community engagement on those. And next slide. Also then, of course, for phase three, those final three projects, we are in hot design. This is like where a lot of action's going on. So if there's a neighborhood association in one of our, um, uh, one of these three locations, we have been at it probably in the last three months. Um, we've been out at uh, the uh, Sunnyside Neighborhood Association, Association, St. John's Neighborhood Association, and uh, Northwest District Association, um, sharing where we are in design, um, asking for feedback, just really getting the word out about if, if buildings are closing and how long the project's going to be lasting. Um, and then we've also had several uh, design workshops where we're getting the community involved and sharing uh, what their thoughts are about um, how interior design lays out, what the look and feel is going to be. Um, and that's happened actually at Belmont, 
happened at St. John's, and we have an upcoming Northwest uh, open house in February that you're all welcome to stop in and see. So a lot, a lot's going on on that front. Um, and now I think, really, I'm gonna send it over to you to look at what's coming up. Yep, and just before I start that uh, next section, I don't know if you all had the opportunity to listen to Think Out Loud yesterday and Dave Miller, the esteemed Katie O'Dell, and another member of my executive team, Jen Studebaker, who oversees community services, were both interviewed, talking about public libraries as, as community centers and spaces for children, and they did, as always, a marvelous job. So if you get an opportunity to listen to it, these buildings are getting a lot of attention. It's very exciting. So for our highlight today, as I mentioned, oh, next slide, please. As I mentioned earlier, um, we're gonna focus on what's coming up in 2024. Every time I see this map, I get tired. Um, th there are a lot of things underway. We are literally at the, I was trying to decide earlier today, is it the peak, is it the zenith? We're at the height of, of um, the peak of the bond program. Almost everything is underway at this point in some fashion. And so as you can imagine, uh, the folks in the PMO and in the library are pretty darn busy these days. Um, Mike already mentioned the Operations Center Open House. Thank you for those of you who were, I think all three of you were there, able to end. Uh, Commissioner Stegman, I'm sorry you weren't, but we'll catch you at the next one. Um, uh, we have three major openings coming up in 2024, Holgate, Midland and North Portland. I'm really, really, I'm excited about all of those, but especially Holgate, I think that's going to be the manifestation of everything we've been talking about in terms of where Multnomah County Library is going. So that's gonna be super exciting, that's this summer. And then uh, we'll have two major closings in 2024 <clears throat> for work to begin. That's at Belmont and St. John's. And uh, we'll start the construction at the Northwest library and then of course the refresh updates will continue next slide please here's some photos from that media event some of you are showing up there that was it was really exciting and i think i've shared uh some of the press around the operations center with some of my peers across the country and people are pretty darn impressed and excited to see what happens with the rest of the projects um, this, this event was incredibly well attended. There was the media event in the morning, and then of course the friends and family event in the evening, and there were over 350 people at that event. So it was pretty, pretty exciting and a great way to sort of kick things off. Next slide, please. Just more photos. I think you'll recognize some folks in there, Commissioner Beeson. Um, I, I think one of the things that has really excited people about the Operations Center is the artwork. Um, a big shout out to Portland Street Art Alliance. They are amazing, and the artwork in that building is incredible. I wish I could get those folks to do the artwork in my house. That would make me really happy. Uh, and then on the next slide, you'll see another highlight. Um, the star of the show, I, I think, was the automated materials handling equipment, which is something we've been talking about for a long time, and the folks who attended got to see a uh, multiple demonstrations of how that works and the uh, efficiencies it's gonna create for the library. Next slide, please. And, uh, more photos of that. You know, it was it was pretty wonderful to see the variety of people who turned out for uh, this space. And with that, I think I'll turn it over to Kathy. Thank you, Bailey. Uh, I'm Kathy Kianis. I'm the project delivery manager for the bond program. And uh, as Mike and Bailey have mentioned, uh, we're now going to spotlight uh, the big things happening in 2024. Um, Holgate, which is the first of our major library projects, opens this summer. It's an all-new mass timber building, and it will feature large learning and play space for children and families, and a dedicated teen room with space for technology, homework, and creative expression. Next slide, please. Holgate includes multiple flexible programming and meeting rooms, updated technology and internet, and new community-based art, and it will be uh, run by solar power with solar panels on this roof. Next slide, please. Uh, the next of the major library projects that's opening is Midland, and that will also open this summer. It's a full renovation of an existing library with a 6,000 square foot new addition. Um, 
community input driven design includes new out indoor and outdoor spaces for children, teens, and families, and technology enhancements. And uh, pictured there is the outdoor uh, children's play area. Next slide, please. Midland Library features a large covered patio uh, outdoor plaza with community-inspired canopy art and a gathering circle for community conversations. Next slide, please. I'm gonna, if I may interject just quickly, Tracy Massey and I had the opportunity to tour Midland yesterday, and it's so amazing to stand in that. All of you probably remember that big parking lot, which is now gonna be like a civic space. It's gonna make such a difference for that community. It's really, it's really coming along. It's very exciting to see. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, next library that will open uh, later in 2024 is North Portland. It'll open in the fall, and the library includes renovated interior spaces with upgraded technology and community-centered art. I think, if, I think we missed a slide, so if you don't mind going back. Yeah, I think I skipped that one, sorry about that. But, uh, and then you can go to the next one, please. Okay, so then, oops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a couple pictures of North Portland, and the new 1,500 square foot addition will be the home of the Black Cultural Center. There it is. Yeah. And it includes a new outdoor deck, which will be a space for community members to relax and connect. All right, now I'm ready to move on. So um, our chapter three libraries, we're calling them, include Belmont, St. John's, and Northwest. And those are all, as Katie mentioned, heavy in design right now. Um, Belmont will be closing to begin renovations this year in 2024. Um, and it's completing design. And uh, then we'll begin construction on that library. Next slide. And we'll take a look. So this right now in design development is the ground floor plan. The ground floor shows the existing historic library uh, on the right there, which will be fully utilized as a children's space. And then the new addition on the left includes open seating, a community room, book holds, and some collections on the first floor, along with staff spaces and all user restrooms. Next slide, please. The second floor houses the adult collections, small booth seating, a teen lounge, and a flexible reading room with an operable wall that can be closed for a group meeting or left open for more seating. And that's on the top right uh, of that picture. And then patron computers are together on the south end of the building uh, next to the open stair. Next slide, please. For the exterior, the design team is looking more closely at materials, and they've focused on materials that fit in with the adjacent neighborhood buildings, so smaller scale materials like shingles and siding. <clears throat> Next slide, please. St. John's Library will feature a new 2,900 square foot addition. Uh, the library's plan to close this summer uh, to begin construction. Next slide, please. First, taking a look at the site plan, uh, the historic library is on the left, and then the new addition is on the right of this picture. Exterior updates to St. John's include a reconstructed stair, a new ramp allowing easier access for book returns, in addition to keeping the book drop and the ballot box at the front entry, and then a new site enclosure for trash and bike storage, which is at the bottom right of that picture. Next slide, please. And this is uh, zooming in, looking at the interior. So some of the features of the renovated library will include um, good sight lines across the library from the entry, uh, which in the, is the bottom left of this picture, all mm -hmm. the way through to the children's area, and then visual connections as well uh, into the community rooms, which uh, the largest one is on the top right of that picture. The design includes a balance of both historic and modern materials and design elements, and it includes a variety of space sizes uh, for small groups to large story time spaces. And then the computers in this library will be on the south side of the building uh, towards the main entry. Next slide, please. 
And then uh, finally here, uh, Northwest Library, which was a new acquisition, so the lease space will continue in operations during this project. Uh, the design that's underway will move the library uh, into this larger, more flexible space. And the top image is one of the concept sketches for a new entry on the north facade of the building, and then below is how it looks now. And then the image on the right is the existing interior, and it has cool bow trusses, which uh, will be a design feature uh, celebrated as part of this library. Next slide, please. So the developing plan uh, for the Northwest Library includes lots of room for collections and public computing, along with a variety of sizes of community rooms and children's and teen spaces. And then on this drawing, the red line shows the area that can be cordoned off for after hours use. Uh, next slide, please. And then finally, looking at all the libraries that are part of the refresh portfolio, uh, just to run quickly through these, uh, Central Move-In is ongoing and uh, will be opening in February. Uh, Capitol Hill and Gregory Heights have reopened. Fairview is in the procurement phase. And Hillsdale, Troutdale, and Kenton are all in the construction documents phase. Uh, Woodstock is in schematic design. And Rockwood, Selwood, and Hollywood will all begin design this year. And then we'll take a look at a couple images. Next slide, please. So here's an image from Capitol Hill. Uh, shows the renovation prior to the books being shelved. Next slide, please. And this is at Gregory Heights. Uh, little VIPs were able to take a hard hat tour uh, when the renovation was complete. Um, and then the bottom image shows uh, staff pausing for a photo in the new space. Next slide, please. Here's a couple pictures from Central. Uh, the top photo is of the teen lounge, and then below is the second floor reading room. And now I'll turn it back to Bailey. Thank you, Kathy. Next slide, please. Thank you. So just quickly, next steps. Obviously, there's a whole lot going on, and most of these, I think, are generally familiar to you all. Uh, our ongoing community engagement efforts, I just again want to acknowledge um, the folks in the PMO and in, in my, on my team at the library who have just done a remarkable job of authentically engaging the community in terms of feedback for these buildings. Um, we, the market conditions are something we continue to monitor. I'm not gonna say any more about that because Mike knows a lot more than I do. Uh, but things are going well, generally well. Uh, Mike already talked to you about DEI and our, our WIA compliance and everything that's going there and things look great. We're really proud of the work in, in that area. Um, Op Center is done, so uh, check done and on to uh, the next chapters. So um, all of this to, to just continue and we will keep you all updated as these projects move forward. It, as I said, almost everything is underway now, so there's just a lot going on, but in general, everything is going very well. So next slide. Any questions for us? Thank you all so much for the presentation. I know we'll have some um, uh, comments and questions potentially. We'll start with uh, Commissioner Beeson. Uh, thank you. Good morning. I don't know that I have any questions. I'm very jealous of the East County Library not being in my district. <laughs> a little patio up there. That's going to be a great time. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I, think, I, I appreciate all of the information. I also love the appendix slides so I could follow along with a little bit more detail. So That's thank good. you all. Good feedback. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner uh, Burm Edwards. Um, so I just want to acknowledge all the great work that happened. I loved going to the uh, operations center opening. It's uh, an amazing asset for the library system. Um, and while it's, it'll be sort of the back of the shop um, that most people won't see, um, I think they'll definitely feel it um, as the library moves more efficiently and gets materials and books uh, into the hands of patrons um, in a faster, more efficient way. Uh, and I'm also excited to see the work that's been underway at uh, Midland and Holgate. And I'll be interested in seeing how the community design happens with Belmont, which is a much cherished uh, institution uh, in that neighborhood. 
I had one one question, um, and it, it relates to budget. Uh, the there were the slide that had all the I'm sorry, all the numbers, um, and it shows the uh, a reforecast of the East County Library at um, 30 million over what originally was uh, forecasted. And I'm curious. Th this is a more of an overarching question. Um, well, there's a piece specific to the East County Library, but also an overarching question. So I'm assuming most of that 30 million, um, since we have a set bond amount, is coming out of the premium and the contingency of that um, amount. If if we didn't have the bond premium, mm -hmm. what what would we have done? Because you don't know you don't always get a premium um, or a premium of that size. And then second, um, what is uh, what steps are being taken to sort of continue to Contain, to contain the cost so that we, we deliver the project that was promised, um, but within a budget. And then the third piece is how is the, how are you all thinking about the contingency and the premium? Um, so assume that that number holds at 30 million mm -hmm. over. There, there will be other funds left, um, left over, not left mm -hmm. over, but from the premium. And how would that be distributed so that we are delivering all the projects that were promised within the within the budget? Yeah. Sorry, it was a multi-part question, but hopefully yeah, they're all somewhat connected. I apologize, I was not writing that down, but I'll try to <laughs> I'll try to, and you may need to um, repeat. But first, I think interesting question in terms of. Uh, and so certainly we've reflected and we're grateful that we had that bond premium of over $50 million that has really helped uh, ensure that we've been able to deliver on the promises of the overall bond program across the entire portfolio. Um, the, um, what would the project look like had we not had that? It's a, it's a fair and it's a great question. Um, it would probably be a, a very different project in terms of size and scale um, and in terms of the ability to really reflect uh, what a flagship library should look like. So there would be a, a significant uh, scaling back and a different look. Um, and it might potentially even be at a different location. Um, and we recognized in uh, 2022 when we went through the program validation phase and when we entered into uh, negotiations with TriMet for the, the site w that was ultimately acquired uh, by the county, that that, uh, that uh, was a prime location in terms of it really being a catalyst and a hub for the, the Gresham and East County community. But with that came some other requirements in terms of the transit-oriented development requirements from TriMet, which ultimately led to the below-grade structured parking. Um, so there, there were a number of premium costs that we encountered during that program validation phase that uh, we, we looked at that in terms of the trade-offs um, and also recognized the importance of being able to provide at least some level of, of on-site uh, parking, which led to the decision of that investment of uh, the underground parking for the structure, which was about $15 million when you account for all the aspects of um, having to go through the mass excavation, the deep soil mixing, et cetera. So I think that probably answers your first question. And then um, the, the next question I, I would say is, is really more of the how are we managing the process as we go through the different steps um, holding our contractor partners and our design partners accountable and working through this iterative process as you go from what I call the big funnel where you have ideas to real design that's quantitative uh, and then also uh, the market that responds to that design in terms of pricing. Um, the, we've been fortunate. Uh, I, again, the bond premium reserve has helped. Also, the operations center savings of over $3 million has helped in terms of internal transfers and being able to manage uh, appropriately where to get the highest and best use out of our contingency uh, dollars for the bond program. We've also been fortunate with outside partners, uh, friends of the library, 
OCF and library district funds to bring in uh, an additional you know, $5.75 million approximately in outside funding that really increases the, the basis of the overall project budget. So all of those things um, have really helped uh, to, to go through that program validation phase that we came to you in 2022, uh, prior to your tenure here, but where we provided a update that uh, brought an additional $20 million into the uh, project budget approximately, and now uh, the additional $9 million really is reflective of what I shared earlier with the overall design development. We are in GMP negotiations now, so we are uh, working hard towards uh, getting to that final number. Uh, the other thing, too, in terms of contingency and risk management, which uh, is, is a really important question as we look to the future, is because we were able to get that early start on the project um, last August with the early site work, uh, it literally saved six months on the overall project and our ability to deliver and open uh, this project, complete it by the end of 2025 and open it in the spring of 2026. Had we not had that opportunity with our partners at the city, we would have experienced an additional six month delay, which would have led to additional escalation costs uh, and increased costs in the project. So there have been a, a number of things that even though we've seen this increase in costs of $30 million, which we totally acknowledge, um, there have been a number of things that we've done that have really offset and mitigated those financial risks. This is a larger project. It's a third of the overall portfolio. When you look at the budget, it's $157 million of uh, $450 million. So it's, it's a big investment. Um, because we're coming out of the ground now and we're moving into that structural phase, too, a lot of those risks are now behind us. So as we look at contingency and manage contingency going forward, we want to make sure that we're being appropriate in terms of risk management for contingency of what still is out there that we don't know about. That was a lot, and I don't know if I covered everything that you were asking, so I'll pause for a minute. No, I think I think you did. I really appreciate that. Um, I say, having worked on a bunch of bond, bond projects, the premium is always like either a gift or yeah. um, the challenge, yeah. um, but it's usually a, a gift. Uh, so I really appreciate um, understanding that and what's driving the cost, which it sounds like it's primarily the under um, low the ground parking. Yeah. Uh, so th thank you for that. Then um, I guess my, my other question is just also a larger um, sort of capital, library capital pro um, capital question. Was the bond language written so that, say for example, um, the premium doesn't all, or the contingency all doesn't get utilized on the projects? Um, was the bond language written so that you have potentially um, ongoing capital some ongoing capital funds. Um, for example, the school district, um, there's lots of projects, but there's also sort of a, um, because the facilities are older, there's an ongoing mm -hmm. um, sort of capital um, asset um, renewal fund that can make upgrades um, over time and it's not dependent upon passing another bond. Um, or was the entire, bond and any sort of extra premium all already committed so that once the projects are done, the library doesn't have any sort of, you know, like we needed something unexpected happened at a library because the building's old and we need a capital refresh and we have bond funds to do it versus operating dollars. Yeah, so I'd start by saying the library, in my opinion, has done a really good job of planning for capital needs over time. We stick money aside and we make plans on an annual basis for um, buildings. We have a long history of avoiding deferred maintenance as much as possible because those buildings are so heavily, heavily used by the public. Um, and the, the bond money will go to the bond projects. It won't transfer over to library ongoing capital needs. I wish it would. Make that happen in the next bond if you have another one. <laughs> Thank you. That's all the question I had. Thank you so much, Commissioner Stegman. Thank you, Chair. Uh, well, first of all, uh, I just have to tell you how happy it here it, it makes me to hear these updates. I mean, 
It is just uh, overwhelming the amount of work that you all are doing in our communities. And Mike, I, I think you had highlighted that this is a quarter, uh, the East County Library is a quarter uh, of the bond. Uh, and East County is so in need and so deserving of this flagship library. And and Commissioner Beeson, uh, you are welcome to come out uh, to my district anytime <laughs> you want. Uh, so I'm just like really, really happy to see the investments um, being made and a part of the district uh, that hasn't historically received those investments. So I did have a, a one question, Mike, you were talking about, uh, I think it was on slide seven, about the 5.7 million and the 3.25. Uh, so these are funds that we've already received. And I wanted to understand, you know, you talked about the auditorium and the rooftop uh, and the, um, the glazing of the windows. So are those, uh, I mean, there's still a deficit, is that correct? We still need funding for those items? The, uh, the adjustments that were made uh, last November uh, so we go through a, a formal process with our executive sponsors uh, and with the CFO um, to uh, get approval on any major uh, funding requests uh, or transfers. So those items are now uh, part of the base project. So the additional rooftop uh, terrace is now part of the base project budget along with the bird glazing. And then the other items were really uh, just accounting for the development of the design. That's amazing. And the auditorium is happening. Yes, it is happening. And it's going to be incredible. Yeah. In fact, wow. if, if I mean, you go out to the site, Commissioner, you can see a little bit of an outline where that okay. bump, bump out is for the auditorium. So it's real. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, historically, uh, some of you may not know, but, you know, East County has wanted a community center for decades. And uh, this is such a great opportunity. We don't have a large meeting space. We have one uh, that's owned by a private entity. So having this space is just going to be so incredible. I'm so excited. Uh, so I did want to mention, I did go out to the operations center and wanted to give a shout out to friends of the library. And if you haven't gone to their uh, Rose City uh, bookstore, it is amazing. That's located uh, actually inside of the operations center, but it has its its own separate entrance. So I was able to buy some books and it just, it's an amazing bookstore uh, where I don't think there's a lot of used bookstores in that part part of town uh, other things I'll just call out some of the things I'm really excited about is um, the the teen space uh, and that you're engaging with youth uh, to find out what what they want and and what what they need uh, and then the gathering circle at Midland um, I can't wait to go over there I haven't been over there so I can't wait to see that gathering circle and then of course the the black cultural center in in North Portland. Uh, just so many things uh, to be excited about in our community at a time when um, sometimes we don't always uplift the positive things that are going on. And I'm just so happy and pleased that all of you are working so diligently uh, to bring something that is truly going to bring joy to our community. So thank you all for your work. Thank you, Commissioner. And yes, Rose City Reads, the Friends Bookstore. You can't leave there without buying books. It's an amazing store. Definitely worth a visit. Great. Um, I just want to thank you all, Katie, Bailey, Mike, and Kathy. Um, I also want to acknowledge Tracy Massey, who's here today, whose um, facilities team has done tons of work on making sure that these projects are, are um, moving forward and working really closely with the with the bond team. Um, thank you so much. I mean, we are really in the thick of it right now. This is, as you said, like the apex of all of the work that is happening. Um, but it's also incredibly exciting because we know that all of this massive work, the closures, the planning, the work, the, the, the engagement has, um, has had a huge impact both on our community, on our employees, and, and you know, the fact that we were all able to, to go and take a look at the operations center and that it's now opened. We have some of these, um, some of the refresh projects that are, that are opening that we're seeing the actual um, results of the taxpayer investment of all the hard work that's gone into it. That really, I think, helps um, helps us all really understand at an innate level why we're doing all of this and what it what it means um, for the impact of our community. So as we have more, I'm really excited myself for Holgate and Midland to come online. Those are Midland is my neighborhood library. 
Um, and I just want to reflect on something Commissioner Stegman said. You know, I, I really do feel like um, this work um, is really um, recognizing the role that libraries play as the heart of our communities. And so whether it is the teen spaces, whether it is the additional community rooms, whether it is this, you know, beautiful patio that we were, you know, that we we're talking about for the East County Library, like all of these things are really recognizing the role that libraries have. And, and we're now in Multnomah County going to have those investments and being able to, to have those really serve that way. So I just think that um, this work is incredible. I also want to thank you for the work. I know it's been, you know, this library bond passed in 2020, right, you know, when inflation was kind of going up, when supply chain issues were happening. And so really recognizing the impact that all of those changes had on um, the initial planning for this project and, and the ability to like work hard, to be flexible, to um, figure out how we were gonna make all of these projects work. I, I just wanna commend you on that because these are important to the community. These are, um, you know, and the fact that we're able to do that without having to really, um, you know, as, as to Commissioner Vermedward's question, without having to really um, have to say goodbye to some of these really important pieces was um, great. So I'm grateful for all of the work that you've done with that. Um, so just appreciate this briefing um, very much and uh, thanks for all that work and you know you will definitely see us at um, as we have more you know ribbon cuttings and all of this um, fantastic stuff that we're having in the months ahead. So thanks all of you um, for that. That includes today's briefing. Our next meeting is scheduled for Thursday, February 8th. There being no further business, we are adjourned. Thank you.